Hey everyone, and welcome to the C9 Win podcast. My name is David. Twitter handle is at cloud9 underscore win, with the nine being a number. And this is the very first episode of our podcast that's going to cover mostly Cloud9 Counter-Strike, some Cloud9 League of Legends, but that game is so deep, I can't even pretend to have even a basic knowledge of how deep that game is. So if we cover League, it would just be more surface level, but we are absolutely going to be covering the Cloud9 Counter-Strike team, their matches, results, um, strategies, everything like that, just like I do over on my YouTube channel, C9Win on YouTube. This podcast is probably going to be about every two weeks, but it kind of depends on how much actual content there is. So like right now, if no one is signed in the next two weeks, they're not playing any matches, there will be no one to talk about. So there might not be a podcast in two weeks. But once there is like matches and everything like that's going on and we're in the full swing of things, then I expect to have this about every two weeks. That should give enough time to have some interesting stuff to talk about. So to start off this podcast, I'm going to talk just briefly about the old roster just because I haven't talked about it. And then I'm going to give some thoughts on the new roster, individual players. We're going to go over the roles that I expect them to play. And then uh, just some final thoughts. So my first thought on the old roster is that I think they are going to end up being on a tier one organization in NA. I think they're going to end up getting picked up by either like TSM or FPX, or at least this is my hope. Um, I think they're a very cheap roster. So Floppy was making just over 100k based on the fact that he's making um, 142, I believe now. Um, And then they said that was a raise. So say he was just making around 100k a year. I would assume the rest of the roster is making the same or around the same. And so it's about 500k for a Counter-Strike roster that's young, has a lot of talent and potential, and they were even in the running for the major. So that seems like a pretty cheap investment. I'm guessing that Cloud9's buyout too is also not very high. So I think that it's a pretty cheap investment for an org like TSM or FPX who already has a Flashpoint spot to get into the scene. Um... They don't have to build anything. They can kind of just bring the whole structure over and pay pretty cheap, potentially make the major and kind of just go from there. Obviously, Floppy is no longer part of the roster, but I do think that while Floppy is a fantastic player, I think that his role on the team is one of the easier roles to fill. I think his role is easier to fill than, say, OC or JT if one of them got picked up or left. Um, I think that would be a harder slot to fill. And I think that they could find some good talent to fit into Floppy's role. Obviously, like, say an or comes in, buys the four Cloud9 members, and then adds, like, Oboe. Like, that'd be a pretty nice move and a good roster. Um, that would be the youngest roster, like, ever. But I am kind of doubting that Oboe would join the team because if a team... This is kind of drug on so long that it seems that if an org isn't willing to pay for the original roster, they're probably not going to then pay what I'm guessing is a pretty decent buyout to complexity for Oboe. So I would be interested, I would. I think Oboe is going to land on a org that already has a more established team and is willing to pay that money to upgrade rather than pay that money to start fresh, if that makes sense. 
So I don't have any other like players in mind. I don't follow like the MDL scene or anything like that. But I do think Floppy's role on the team is an easier role to fill, like I said, than OC or JT. So I think that they could find someone and still have pretty good success. Um, JT and OC did tweet out some smiley faces this morning. This is being recorded uh, Sunday afternoon. And so that could be bait, um, but hopefully it is good news and that actually does mean something. And hopefully they'll have some some news soon so that way they can start actually playing matches. I believe that their RMR points should go with them. So hopefully they can take those with them and then make the major and continue to have success. So now onto the new roster. Um, I think that the first thing the new roster needs to do, so they all meet in Europe. They get together. Kassad is like, hey, everyone, let's introduce yourselves and tell everyone one interesting fact about you. Breaking the ice. They break the ice and then they go, okay, the first order of business is floppy, open up your settings, and we're removing your quick switch. And this is something that um, floppy does a lot in his demos, is he's constantly quick switching. And I even remember a couple times in games where he'd be quick switching and the enemy would come and his gun wouldn't be ready. Um, so that's absolutely something they need to do is they need to stop him from quick switching. Either do what MOTM does and when he hits the quick switch bind, it switches the weapon from left to right. So that can kind of satisfy the same feeling of like resetting your gun or fidgeting or stuff like that without actually having any sort of impact on the game. Like the observer, wouldn't you, when you're watching the game on... Um, the stream they wouldn't even know because they have like their own stream settings so that could be something that he could do or just unbind it all together um, but that's the first thing I would do is I don't ever want him quick switching and the enemy coming out to ever happen again so that's the first thing I would do as a team but the team also as a whole I believe is going to be playing a lot slower than the old roster um, just based on the demos I've seen of all the members, but like Alex and Waxic, I expect a little bit more defaulting and a little bit of a slower style than what we're used to. I don't expect the whole W, like almost Furia level, but not quite there, but the, the highly aggressive young XX, I expect a little bit more defaulting, a little bit more gaining the map control, kind of seeing where things are going and then making decisions on the team. As far as individual players, um, Alex seems very flexible. When watching his demos, it seems like he really plays or can play any area of any map. Like on Mirage demos, I was seeing him play B, I was seeing him play Apps, I've seen him play Mid. Um, he seems very flexible um, on what role he could play. So I assume that he is going to give the other four people on the team whatever spots they want on the map, and then he's going to kind of fill in whatever the final role is on defense. And then on offense, well, well, we'll go through all of the actual roles um, later, but he's a very flexible, and I feel like he can kind of slot in anywhere. Uh, Woxic, other than the demos that I watched, I watched about 12 demos on Woxic. I didn't watch him a ton in Mouse Sports, but I remember being insanely impressed with him when he was on Hellraisers. And last year, he was ranked 12th in the HLTV rating. 
and he's still young. He's only 22. And I think Waxik, as the roster stands as a, stands right now with the four players, I think with these players, he is going to be the main catapult that launches this team either into the upper echelon of Counter-Strike or whether they'll kind of flutter down in the 20 to 30 team range. So I think he, if he comes in and he is giving 2019 performances, number 12 player in the year performances, I think this team could be super, super good. And I think he is going to be the main workhorse behind how how high up they can really go. And then Mezzi, um, I'd never heard of Mezzi until he was signed. Uh, they don't have really any um, demos against like top tier EU teams. Uh, most of Gamer Legion's demos were all like in MDL or these smaller tournaments. But one thing I noticed about Mezzi is when you're watching him, it's so beautiful to watch. I tweeted out a couple clips, but it's so beautiful to watch how he moves through a map because everything is so fluid. Like the way he aims, the way he peeks, like when he's holding a corner and moving, it's just like perfectly on the head spot angle as he's moving. As he's checking corners, he is deliberately checking every single corner. He's not like lazy checking a corner where his mouse isn't anywhere near, but just like kind of like looking on the corner of the screen. He's purposefully checking every single corner, mouse constantly on the headshot angles. Um, it's actually very beautiful and smooth and precise. Um, it was a very good demos to watch. And he also seems super composed. Like when he's get, going into these situations, every movement feels like it's these purposeful movements and he isn't kind of like panicking. He's just like slowly moving through, checking his angles, working the way he needs to work to get to the spots, whether you know he has the advantage or whether he has the disadvantage. So I think he is going to be a great addition to the team. I think he'll be a good fragger. I also think that um, he'll bring a lot of composure to some situations. I tweeted out that I thought he could be a fan favorite on the team um, because a lot of times people like, let's be honest, people like to root for like the underdog or the unknowns. Like that happens a lot of time in sports where like a bench player gets like exalted to this super high level. But I also think that he can have a little bit of that. But then also when people start to see him frag, because I expect him to be in one of the fragger spots on the team, I think they're going to be very impressed with just watching him and seeing how he frags and I think he's going to have a lot of clutches um, I think he's going to end up being a fan favorite and I'm really excited to have him on the team based on what I saw and then Floppy we've seen a lot of Floppy um, we know that he's a great fragger uh, we know he can clutch um, and we know that he can really anchor down sights and I think that's going to be one of his biggest roles is that he on maps like Dust 2 or Train, he can just like absolutely lock down half of the map. And so I think that is going to be super important. I think he, like Mezzi, will be in one of the fragger spots, just like he was on Cloud9, being constantly set up to get frags. And uh, I think that if they unbind his quick switch, and I think if he stops changing all of his settings, um, I think he'll become really consistent and just be a very, very good player. Um, and I think he'll be able to absolutely frag with the best of them over, over in NEU. 
Now, I don't actually know if he's changing all of his settings and all of his equipment all the time or if he's just doing that for like Twitter trolling. But if he is not doing it for Twitter trolling, I think that that's something that they should look at too is making sure that he gets settled in on a res, gets settled in on a sense, gets settled in on a mouse pad, like all these things that um, you see like every week he's tweeting out like, oh, I'm trying a new res in this match or oh, I'm trying a new mouse pad. Like they need to lock that down and get him figured out what's perfectly comfortable and then just that everything stays the same. So there's never any question. Everything is just always perfect. And then he'll become a lot more consistent with that. So let's go ahead and let's go through the expected roles of the team. I have this up on my website, um, c9win.com. So the website is not normally over here on the left. I just did that so that way my face could be on the right and you could still see what's going on. So these are the roles and position expectations I'm expecting from the four players that have been announced. Obviously we don't know the fifth, so this could change, but this is kind of where I've slotted everyone in so far. So Waxic we know is going to be the main opera. And then Alex, when he was on Vitality, was playing an entry role, but also playing a lurker role. Like he would kind of do both. Like you would see it a lot on like if you watch Inferno, he's lurking in apps and then he would, you know, come over to B and then entry in B. Or a lot of different maps he's doing similar things where he is entering in the site, but also playing like a lurker role to gain like that map control. And so I expect him to kind of do the same, like be a hybrid, because they're going to have the fraggers on the team and then Woxic opping. I think Woxic is also going to be the main support where he is going to be opping, but then going into sites or execing or stuff like that, he's going to be the one using the utility. This is what he's done on Mouse Sports, um, where Alex or whatever will be entering, Woxic will be throwing the utility, coming behind Alex will be floppy and mezzy etc. So I have Floppy and Mezzi both in the two fragger spots because we'll have to see which one ends up in the main one, but they kind of can interchange. Um, similar to like Sonic and Floppy where entering into size and stuff like that, they're kind of coming in behind getting all the frags. Lurker, I think Mezzi could also potentially be a, a main lurker. Um, just because of his poise and the way that he is able to like take control over areas. I think that if Alex wanted to be like the main entry, I think Mezzi could be a full-time lurker and do well at that. Then the secondary opper also could be Mezzi or Floppy. At this point, I would give the edge to... Uh, I'd probably give the edge to Floppy on T-side. Well, they're not going to secondary op on T-side. I don't know, it kind of depends because you don't really want your secondary opera solo holding down sites. But I think Floppy also would be a really good secondary opera. So I don't know, we'll have to kind of see who the, who the fifth is. I think either one of them could be very good secondary oppers. Um, just kind of depends. Pro probably on the map. If it's Dust 2, I if it's Dust 2 or Train, I doubt Floppy's a secondary opera. And I bet Mezzi could be. But we'll kind of have to have to see on that. As far as defensive roles, I'll just go through each map. Uh, Mirage, I expect Alex to be playing on A, um, like a dedicated A spot. And then an A flex spot, like someone who can quick rotate or go towards mid or stuff like that. I have that as the new player, probably. Woxic playing window with his op. 
And then I have Mezzi and Floppy both playing B or Cat. They both played B Dedicated on their demos. Um, so I expect both of them to be over on the B site because that's where they both played before. On Dust 2, Alex, I expect on A, A Dedicated or A Long. Um, you know, either playing like A Cat, A Site, or playing towards A Long. He has played both of those. I could see him playing either. Mid-doors, you got Woxic with the op. Obviously, all these roles change depending on the strat that they're calling. Like, if Woxic is going to go long with the op, you know. These are all just main overarching roles that change as they call different strategies. Be dedicated. Now, Floppy and Mezzi both played be dedicated. Um, I'm guessing that it's going to be Floppy just because he's so good at holding that solo. Um, I don't know if they want to take that from him. Um, so I have Mezzi also potentially in the A flex spot, but I could see it being either one of them and then either one of them transferring over to, uh, A. For Inferno, um, I have, now Alex can play like basically anywhere on Inferno, so he's kind of on here a bunch, but I have Pit or Arches being either Floppy or Alex. Um, depending on who they want rotating, whether they want Alex to be a rotator and Floppy just to be like the main A holder from Pit, or if they want Floppy to be the one rotating. Um, I would guess Floppy might play Pit. He played a little bit of it on Cloud9 uh, when like him and MOTM would like switch roles or whatever. He has played a little bit of Pit. Um, and then A mid, I'd expect you know to be Woxic with the op. Um, B dedicated, Alex has also played B. Um, so he could end up there and then Mezzi I expect also to play B so it depends if the next player wants to be a B player or if the next player wants to be an A player we'll kind of see how they slot in it wouldn't surprise me if the next player ended up playing B Alex played Arches, Floppy played Pit but we'll kind of see what happens there for Nuke um, I expect Floppy to be on A site kind of like he was on Cloud9 just holding down the actual A site and then mini i expect alex to play out there he played a lot of outside as well when he was on vitality so i expect him to kind of um help outside while also playing mini mezzi i expect to take the full outside role with the support from alex and then heaven you know the opera i expect to be woxic um, obviously he'll change where where he goes but the opera heaven you can check outside all that kind of stuff Ramp, uh, no one has really played Ramp, so we'll see if the new player ends up playing there or if the new player will end up playing Mini and then they'll just put Alex on Ramp. Overpass, um, expect Mezzi to be dedicated on A, um, and then Woxic I expect to be on A but more forward, kind of like the Oppers do, how they peak um, towards Fountain or all that kind of stuff, so Woxic to be more forward. And then Mezzi to be helping him. On B, I expect it to be Floppy and Alex. Uh, they both played B, uh, and Floppy plays like the forward B spot, like towards Monster, and the first Engager when they come in on B. And Alex on Vitality was playing the secondary Engager, so that should work out perfectly on B site. And then the new player playing either Connector or the third B player or kind of like just like the overall overpass flex depending on what the strat actually ends up being. 
Now, Vertigo is a whole crapshoot. I have absolutely no idea where anyone's going to play on Vertigo. Um, I expect Waxic to play A-Ramp. He's the opper. But then Alex, Mezzi, Floppy, and even Waxic all play on the scaffold, like on the other side of the ramp. So I have no idea. They're, they're all going to have to take a new role except for one person. So I'm not sure who's going mid or who's going to be be dedicated or who's going to be the rotator. Um, we'll have to see how that works out. And then on train, I expect Alex to play the A forward spot, like going into sandwich or going into um, ladder, like those kind of areas. E-box, I expect Alex to be the forward player. Uh, walk six Z, you know, the normal opera spot. Ivy, I expect to be Mezzi, which would be the secondary op spot also on train. Be dedicated, obviously Floppy, he's going to hold that down solo. Then Waxic will move over when Floppy needs help. And then the B-Flex would be the other player, but I expect the B-Flex to also kind of just be in anywhere flex, either whether they want another person on A or whether they want another person on B, just kind of going wherever they they need to. Typically, Floppy holds it down hit by himself until like 45 seconds left in the round if they haven't done anything. So I expect the B flex player to actually be more of a towards A player. Um, then also on this page, I just have all the salaries. Um, you can go ahead and go through it. It's broken down by year. I don't actually know if the salaries are scaled or if they're a set salary. That'd be kind of an interesting thing to know. Um, so like what I mean by scaled or set... Um, so I just have floppy as $144,000 a year, but like in the NBA, if you sign a contract for that amount, you would get like a hundred grand, 150 grand, and then 200 grand, like as your contract grows, it's like a scaling contract. Um, or whether these are just like flat line contracts, like here's your yearly salary. We'll have you on for three years. Um, it'd also be interesting to know like how they said that floppy could get more money they could renegotiate the contract so it'd be interesting to see how that renegotiation actually works like can they renegotiate for more can they renegotiate for less is the salary guaranteed like can they just drop them at any time um there's a lot of interesting things that i wonder about counter-strike salaries but considering this was the first team to even release the main numbers i think it's gonna be a long time but hopefully that, that comes out. We've seen a lot of success in sports like the NBA with guaranteed money and all that stuff like that is always really good for the players. Seeing what other people make, having the contracts be guaranteed, things like that. So we'll kind of see what, what happens with that um, and how that goes on for the next few years. All right, so I'm going to talk a little bit about who I think the fifth player is. Uh, or not. I'm not going to name any names, but I'm going to talk about in general the fifth player. I personally think that the fifth player kind of needs to be a banger player. Um, like another million, million and a half salary kind of player. Um, I don't know what Cloud9's roster is, salary is compared to everyone else based on their tweets. It sounds insane already. Um, but I do think that the fifth player needs to be a really good player. And I think that because... Um, they have Waxic, who's fantastic, and they have two up-and-comers. But if their goal is winning championships, being the number one in the world, if they got a, another mid-tier player, I kind of would be a little bit afraid that they would end up in the like Gen G 
kind of realm where they're good, but they're never really peaking and are getting to like the upper echelon. Um, Cause there's a little bit of similarities where you have a very highly respected IGL. Um, and then you have an up and coming player, you know, like Som or floppy or Mizzy. Um, and then you have a well-known player like automatic or Walkstick, who's had these very high peaks um, and Genji just like never really clicked and never really went anywhere. Um, so I think that the last player kind of needs to be another very good player that they can count on all the time. Um, now, maybe they don't actually need that. And maybe, you know, Alex is a fantastic IGL and everything just works out and Mezzi and Floppy come in. They're just fragging out of their minds and they just go like that absolutely could happen. This is not at all putting any of them down. It just is a worry that they don't want a project. They've said that they want the team to be good right away. They don't want it to grow. Um, sorry, they don't want it to like be a team that just needs to grow. But they have two really young players. So I think that the fifth player needs to be a really, really good player. Otherwise, they could end up in the situation where it's like, oh, well, we're pretty good but we're hoping to get better and that the young kids get better. Um, and if that's the case where like you're maybe waiting a year or whatever, that's what Kazad didn't want to do. That's not what Henry has said. Then if you're going to be waiting a year to see if you're good, you know, you might as well have just kept the old lineup and see where they ended up in a year with actual land experience, stuff like that. So I think that the last player does need to be a very, very good player. So we'll kind of see on that. I don't want to name names just because I have no idea and no one has any idea. And I don't think that's really productive because then what are we we're talking about? What are we talking about? I'm just calling out people who are under contracts. Um, but we'll have to see. Um, I think being in Europe is also going to be very, very helpful. So that way Mezzi and Floppy can get well, Mezzi already has EU experience, but not top-tier EU experience. But I think having so many different teams in that high tier will be great for them to really grow. Because it's tough, like, in, in NA to be playing Furia, Hunter Thieves, Team Liquid, EG, and, like, that's it. Like, there's not a lot of teams to play. And when you're playing the same teams every other week, like, your strats are getting so convoluted because you've like counter-strat each other seven times um, and it just becomes these insane um, games instead of like tried and true like counter-stratting checking, checking out the demos like kind of working and growing so I think that the new roster based on location alone is going to have a lot better chance at being really good but we'll have to kind of see on, on who the fifth person actually becomes um, one thing I did want to say at the end was, as a community, um, let's try and stop kind of bugging the old Cloud9 players and kind of like give them their space. Um, I see this a lot in like MOTM's Twitch or on Twitter, like these players will be tagged or they'll be in their Twitch talking about other players or what they think about who their their fifth is going to be or where they're going to go, like all these things like, one, these players don't know. Two, they just got benched, so they don't really want to 
talk about the people who were replacing them. And three, even if they did have any sort of idea, like they can't say anything. So I think as a community, let's just take a little bit of a step back and just like let them kind of navigate this wa- this water by themselves because they're obviously super bummed. Coming in cloud nine, all these expectations are going to lands, they're doing all these things. COVID happens, all of a sudden they're stuck at home playing the same five teams over and over and over. Eventually end up getting dropped. Like Just like kind of give them a little bit um, of space and just kind of be aware that they're obviously bummed with the whole situation. They wanted everything to be different. Um, but the world is what it is. Um, so kind of just give them a little bit of, of space and just kind of wait and see what happens because you're not going to know anything until it's announced. And when it's announced, then we can all go nuts and talk about it and hopefully celebrate the heck out of them and support them wherever wherever they end up. So that's it for our first podcast. Uh, follow me on Twitter at cloud9 underscore win with the nine being a number. Check out my latest video on YouTube on JT also and how he's super underrated and misunderstood as a player. I think that would be a really good different way to kind of view Counter-Strike to see how a truly sacrificial and support player plays the game who then also takes a ton of heat for not being able to frag. So check out that video so you can see how he actually can frag how his style of play is. And I think it'd be a good learning experience for everybody and just like an interesting video to watch. So C9 win on YouTube. Again, the nine's a number. And that's it for podcast one. Thank you so much. And I'll see you next time.